Well, I'm packing up my game and I'ma head out west Where real women come equipped with scripts and fake press Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint Buy an old drop top, find a spot to pimp Then I'm a kid, rock it up and down your block Go with a bottle of scotch and watch lots of crotch Buy a yacht with a flag saying chill in the most Then rock that bitch up and down the coast Give a toast to the sun You kidding me right now? You made it to Friday End of the week right now Congratulations, and what's better than a brand new high button podcast brought to you by ProLineStadium.com, Atlantic Canada's home field for great sports betting. Play stadium bets for the best odds, single game betting, and an all-star lineup of the top sports and leagues from around the world. ProLine players also score great access to great regular promotions. Right now, you can earn a $10 free play token when you wager $25 or more with ProLine or Stadium Bets. This offer is valid on all your favorite sports and also tokens can be used on ProLine or Stadium Bets. This offer is valid from October 17th to October 30th. Free play tokens must be used by October 31st. Get in the game today at ProLineStadium.com or download the A. LC app must be 19 years of age or older please play responsibly i don't know there's something about waking up on a friday when the sun's up the leaves are turning colors there's a little bit of crisp in the air and you get to do what you love to do and come talking to a microphone there's something about it i love i hope whatever you're doing out there you had the exact same feeling this morning um i know whenever we get a guest on like tim boy some uh i get excited about talking hockey minor hockey and a life in hockey it's something that we all crave you know whether we had this great conversation with uh, Jordan and Taylor Burke the other day the NHL isn't the end goal it's creating a life within the sport or the environment that you love is really the end goal and I think that's something that Tim Boyce has created uh, over the past years right now he's the technical director for the Halifax Hawks the organization that he grew up playing in he's the head coach of the Halifax McDonald's U18 hockey team he's been the head coach uh, since 2013 coaching players like Justin Barron uh, Shane Bowers, Tyler Heinem, the list goes on and on of guys who've had great careers and, and moved on um, and have had success in this game of in hockey. Not to mention he's a scout for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League's Gatineau Olympique. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to Tim, see where his head at his head is at in terms of the game of hockey. Also, he just uh, won the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League Cup. It's If you don't know what the Qu- Quebec... Major Junior Hockey League Cup is it's essentially a scouting tournament for the Q um, and he was the coach for Nova Scotia and they ended up winning gold we were up there uh, live streaming creating some content as well so uh, it was cool we got to see a behind the scenes uh, I guess access of everything that happened there so really excited to talk to Tim it's going to be a great episode I hope that everyone enjoys their weekend without further ado this is the high button podcast Tim Boyce I'm Justin Belanger here we go you know what comes next Mr. Tim Boyce, I'm pumped you're here. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, well, you don't live that far from here. You're two minutes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Nothing. A skip and a hop and a jump for you. Yeah, I'm just off Auburn. Uh, I'm on Auburn, just off Heron Cove Road, down by uh, Thornhill Pizza, where that used yeah, to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And you brought the coffee, too. Of course. You're. We were, we were just talking about being busy. You're busy. How many jobs do you have? You're a scout. You're a head coach. You're a technical director. You're a... It's been a busy month. A month? I feel like it's a busy life. It is a busy life, but this time of year is crazy. Uh, I've been literally probably since preseason camp started, 10, 12-hour days working. Yeah, it's been nuts. So you're saying training camp starts, sorry, preseason camp starts, and then from there you're flat out busy. Yeah, so tryouts with minor hockey don't start till October 1st now, which I think is a bit of a change from when we played. Um, so we do preseason camps all September. So we're on the ice a lot there. Like I think we did close to 70 hours of preseason camps in the month of uh, September. And then obviously I've got my max stuff on top of that as well. So when, when we were younger, when did we go on? When did we start? Man, I thought it was right when like school started like in September. Like I thought we got going with tryouts and tryouts were only like three, four days and then you're right into it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember that intimidation factor coming. It was always the nostalgic feeling to this day whenever we play at noon, the smell of Centennial. Yeah. It reminds me of tryouts and fear yeah. and anxiety of trying to make that AAA <laughs> team always. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Right around school, that was uh, we had a conversation with someone about how January for hockey players isn't really the new year. It's September. New yeah. team. Yeah. New new classmates. It's yeah. September. I think that's, I, and I could be completely off base here, but I think that's why they kind of moved it forward is they want kids to get settled in school first, and then, and then deal with the the stress of hockey tryouts and all that so good stuff yeah congratulations by the way on the new uh, technical director job with the halifax hawks that's thanks. that's a big accomplishment i know a lot of people were gunning for that job and, and you cracked the code so well done thanks appreciate it yeah I'm, i've i've told a lot of people i'm i'm very lucky to have a job in hockey you know i've been around it my entire life i love it and uh yeah i'm lucky to do something that you love like you're doing yeah i guess so. you could say that yeah. I, I, the one thing about this job, there was no interview process. I just did it. But for the Halifax Hawks, you kind of have to. Inter- I've always, yeah. I, I kind of miss that part of life is applying for jobs. I don't know. I like telling people about myself. Yeah. But when you go in for a job application for or a job interview for the Halifax Hawks, what are the questions like? You know what? It was pretty lengthy. Uh, they really did a good job with the interview process. There was uh, two or three interviews written. Present, like I had to make presentations and yeah, like just my plan for what I wanted to do with the association from a from a technical perspective on ice and it was uh, it was thorough. Like I, you know, I my prior life I, I did some hiring with Goalline, so uh, I can tell you the the interview process was a lot uh, a lot more thorough than than what we were doing at Goalline. That's for sure. <laughs> they 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 good into like the background, like the nitty gritty, like they just want to know everything about you. Um, yes and no. Um, more more or less just technical background experience knowledge you know philosophies what you what you want to do with the with the position so mm. yeah it was good and it's nice also to have a life in hockey to know the things that you enjoy about it and maybe some of the things you don't like about it because we we're, we're human you know you're in the dressing room and you hear things people say yeah, i'm not a huge fan of this i like this yeah and it's nice to have your own opinion and just kind of form the organization and i'm sure you take other opinion from other people but yeah. it must be nice to be able to have a you know a set of hands on something that you can slowly mold totally it's uh i mean not like any job there's there's good things about the jobs and and things that you probably don't want to have to deal with but um yeah there's definitely more more positive than negative for sure that's awesome yeah which is it refreshing knowing that okay you're the technical director for the hawks but then you get to kind of move and you get to go work with gatno and scout and then maybe you get a little too overworked with that and okay maybe i get to go work with 14 15 16 year olds with the max is it refreshing rotating through or can it get overwhelming with all with all three no you know what it is uh it's it's funny actually i was having this conversation with a coach last night so i was on the ice running a we have c practices on thursday night with the hawks so uh u11 c and u15 c and uh obviously completely different uh environment from what you're doing with the max uh so you can you know you're focused on skill development with them but you can go out and you know it's fun you know they're out there chatting with their buddies it's there's a, a very big social aspect to it and you know, we're grouping kids uh, in stations with their friends and making sure they're laughing and having a good time because, you know, you want them to come back to the rink. So it's uh, it's definitely two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. So you get to see you get to see different uh, different aspects. And it's uh, it's certainly fun. It's different. Yeah. You mean like the are you trying to say like the guys that are there literally just to have fun and not try to go to the NHL? Yeah. That- I mean, there's kids that are obviously out there that want to get better, want to improve their goals or to make a competitive team the next year but there's also kids that are out there that uh you know just want to have fun and are out there uh because they enjoy the game and being around their friends and uh and and you can uh so it's it's an interesting balance you know you want to make sure that the practices are challenging you're improving the players but you also want to make sure that the players that are there for the social aspect are are having fun and enjoying it because you want them to come back as well so we have a guy that works here, Jeff Warburton, and he played like C his whole life in a lower level. And he said that it was the most fun he's ever had at, you know, he's, I think he holds Jeff 27 around there. He's just, he's always talking about stories from back in the day. And then dudes and I sit here and we talk about the competitive days of trying to go to the NHL, but the stories are very similar. It's like, no, we went on a road trip, had fun. And dudes and I are sitting here. Yeah, I guess we went on a road trip and had fun. It's the same thing. Yeah. Just, yeah, like you said, different ends of the spectrum, which you don't think, but you know, sitting here seven, ten years later, how far I'm removed from the game, it's same stories. Totally. Which is great. Yeah. 
No, it's awesome, man. I, I love it. It's uh, I look forward to Thursday nights. It's uh, It's been good. We're two weeks in. We didn't really do the same thing last year. We were looking at ways we could improve the sea level experience. So um, one of the things was just I, I'm going to get on the ice and run more practices uh, with the sea level team. So it's, it's been good so far. It's been really good. That's great. What are some challenges with the, the technical director side of making sure that everyone is, I don't know, having fun? Uh, Ice time a challenge at Centennial? Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's like any job, any organization. I you know, think people are your biggest challenge, right? Yeah. Uh, personalities, expectations, things like that. I think that's just the biggest thing is managing those. Uh, yeah, we do have ice time challenges, obviously. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I, like When I was growing up, we would have two practices a week easy, sometimes three. Uh, ice time wasn't a challenge. Now, you know, with the growth of female hockey, ringette, uh, figure skating, like it's just the ice time is not there anymore. So uh, trying to find teams two practices is a really big challenge, really big challenge. Yeah, I, yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. Yeah. Great rink, though, Centennial. I hope they don't tear it down. Um, I hope it stays for – I hope it stays. Stewart and the staff there uh, keep that thing in – top shape they paint it every year if there's something wrong they fix it uh they take really good care of it and you know i think that goes back to when jack pateria was there like jack that was jack's baby you know he, he took care of it and you know that they, they take a lot of pride in that that place and you can tell when you walk in and i like how you say they don't change things they just fix them yeah, yeah. you know i like that it looks yeah. the exact same from when i was 10 years old yeah and it's always clean it's always clean. You never find, you know, you walk into a dressing room, they're clean. You, you walk down the hallways, they're clean. It's, uh, yeah, they just, they take care of it. For myself, there's a respect factor with that place. It's, uh, I remember once it was uh, the middle of COVID and I was trying to mic up uh, Why Not from the Mooseheads, but they just had a skate there. And it was uh, it was at that point of COVID where no one really knew what was going on. Yeah. Hockey was allowed back in. You had to wear a mask. So the guy coming in with the camera to try to mic someone up was a little, eh, I don't know. And I forget the gentleman that approached me and said, I don't think so, not today, Justin. And I didn't put up a fight at all. I just said, absolutely, I, you know, thanks for giving right. me a, a heads up. It's just you don't fight with that place. It, it is what it is because yeah. that place has given me so many memories I'm not going to argue with anything, okay? I'm not here. That's fine. I'll come back another day. It's it's just one of those places where you have to have up what re respect for because it's given you so much. They were very uh, tough when it came to the COVID restrictions. Like, they yeah. they followed them to a T during COVID. No question. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. I was looking at your elite prospects. I want to know what the fans were like. <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> what a way to start a question. <laughs> Did we, you have to comb through the dust? No, it was, it was right at the top, right at the top, baby. Junior A, or Maritime Junior A. I guess it was called yeah. Maritime Junior A back then, or it still is. Yeah. Maritime yeah, Junior I think, Hockey I think they call League. they it the MHL now. MHL. Yeah. We do um, Junior B games. We stream them. And the fans are, you know, they're, they are what they are. But I wanted to know what fans were like in Junior A and East Hans back in the day. You know what? It was uh, it was awesome. Uh, we had a very good team. Awesome. We had a really good team uh, my first year. Like, I think we only had two rookies. Um, but they packed the place. There was nights we'd have five, six, seven hundred people. Playoffs, we played Anaganish, went seven games, and there was in the first round, and like probably 1,500. Like you couldn't find a, spe a, a spot. It was standing room only. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Stop. Yeah. yeah, lots of good people up there uh, that supported the team. You know, I remember the, the Ritzies obviously come to mind. Um, just, yeah, there were some really good people up there that, uh, that supported that team up there. What did you live in Halifax and then just make the commute out there? Or Man, was we had this old school bus. Like, it was like right out of slap shot. And uh, <laughs> it would come into Halifax and pick everybody up. Where was the pickup spot? Uh, well, there was a couple uh, downtown mostly because most of the guys were going to school living in the South End. So, uh, Oh man, what a rickety old thing that was! Like, yeah, broke down. Like I don't know how many times it broke down. I think Jamie Brown's father fixed it three or four times. Norm Thompson, who works with the with the U uh, eighteen league now, like he he was involved. I think he drove the bus at one point and was working on it. Like it was just I don't even know where they found it. Like I think they probably paid three hundred dollars for it. It was just <laughs> it was a piece of work. Any close calls getting to the game like fifteen minutes before rolling in? Oh yeah, no. Like I think there was there was definitely a game or two missed the, because the bus broke down. Like it just 
Like it was one of these things, like if you rolled up and the bus driver had a sledgehammer and was hitting it on the side, like you wouldn't be shocked. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a piece of work. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was good. And I also want to know when I played in junior A for Amherst, one of the most intimidating buildings to go into, was it like that back in the day? And was Jimbo the coach there? Uh, so I played half a season there. Chuck Ross was my coach. Okay. Um, but before Chuck, I can't remember who, who the coach was there. You know what? It was, uh, it was still an intimidating place to play. The fans up there, they either love you or hate you. If you're playing really well, they love you. If you're not, they'll be all over you, like all over you. And we didn't have a very good team when I was up there. So they were literally like all over us all the time, all the time. Yeah. <sighs> But you know what? Uh, fantastic place. Uh, awesome rink. Uh, good people. I, like I said, I only spent a half a season there, but it was it was awesome. I actually I billeted with the with the trainer Willie Boyle, and I think Willie's still there. So really, yeah we we had some fun up there. Yeah, we did, we definitely. I mean, hockey's changed now, but you know we've we we had some fun up there. Amherst, it's a great place. It is. It is. Yeah. You know what? They got a nice little setup there. You know, they're kind of right in the middle of all the teams, so the travel schedule is not awful. Um, and yeah, like if you're winning up there, whew, what a place to play! I yeah. bet. Yeah. When we played against them, they were winning. Yeah. And yeah, just jammed packed on a Wednesday night, giving yeah. away a washing machine at the first intermission. Just you know, right. everyone's putting that that fifty fifty ticket in to win some. I don't know. It was just that environment up in Amherst was fun. But no, I was just yeah. wondering back then. No, it was. Uh, <laughs> I got actually a good good story. I was coaching with the Wolverines. Uh, it was my first year in junior. Uh, assistant coach and Dean Hopkins was the head coach, and I could probably tell this now. I mean, I look back on it now, and you're like, you know what? You're pretty immature. Like that was just foolish. How old are you? You were young. Yeah, man. Like I think I was twenty twenty four when I was okay. assistant coach. So it's like or twenty six, like almost twenty years ago. Anyway. We were going in there. We were playing them in the playoffs, and they had this massive sign in the back of the stadium. Uh, says, Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> so our bus pulled up for the game. Uh, and we were there about, I don't know, two, two and a half hours before game time. And we, we walk into the arena, and uh, it was the first game. Uh, they had home ice, I think. So we walk in, we see this massive Welcome to the Jungle sign in the back of the, back of the building. Dean looks at me and he's like, we should put that in our dressing room. <laughs> so, so we go up, sure enough, we pull the, pull the sign down, pull the sign down for the game, <laughs> take it into our dressing room. It's in there. The, the boys are going wild. They love it. They're like, yeah, yeah, we own the jungle. We own the jungle. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so the rink attendants are coming out to get ready for the game. I think they're surfacing the ice and they're like, Where's our sign? <laughs> <laughs> so they obviously they start putting two and two together. They think that we've got it. <laughs> anyway, they're like, they wouldn't let us start the game till we gave the sign back, and they wanted to come in and search our dress room. Anyway, we ended up giving them the sign back, but it was it was pretty funny, pretty funny story for the start of start of playoffs. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Just took it down. Just took it down. How did they have suspicion? Well, I who mean, else would have taken yeah, it? Who else would have taken it? Right. Anyway, so. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, that's hilarious. There's always some funny stories of guys who are healthy scratches at those games and have to go sit up in the stands yeah. and they got like the suit on. It's not I can't I can't tell here, but there's always some funny stories up of yeah. that one. Yeah. And also Cole Harbor. Colts. Do you play in Scotia One? Do we play in Scotia when, One? When when you were on So the the Colts weren't actually in the Maritime League when I played. Where were they? I think actually the Colts did the Colts move to East Hans and become the Penguins? I'm pretty sure the Colts moved to East Hans. Oh, did they? I, don't, the I was just yeah. looking at at least probably. I think the I think the Colts moved to East Hans and then East Hans became Yarmouth. Okay. Paul Curry took East Hans and moved it to Yarmouth, and then I think he sold it to Mitch Bonner, or actually it might have been um, there's a guy from Halifax and then he turned it over to Mitch Bonner. Anyway, East Hans was Yarmouth. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. It doesn't say that on Elite Prospects. So you didn't yeah. get any games in at the at Cole Harbor one. No, there was no team there when I played. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I was trying to picture a junior A team in Cole Harbor, and I was just like, I don't know if that, I guess it would work, but 
I think back in the day they it w- probably drew pretty good back when they they had a good rivalry with uh, with Halifax. I think talking to some of the you know like the Shellmans and all those guys, they got all those stories. Yeah, I think yeah. they would have played against Cole Harbor. Yeah, yeah. I always hated that rink. I always forgot a piece of gear. Oh, those boards were stiff as anything. Either you got hurt or a teammate got hurt. They're better now. They had them replaced. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. The only problem I have with that rank now is trying to get into a dressing room before games. Oh, they don't let you in? No, it's like 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> like. You got to talk into the uh, white part. There you sorry. go. It's all good. Yeah. You can like, bring, pull it over if you want. It's like 45 go. minutes to an hour. A couple years ago, we actually, our kids were getting dressed in the, uh, foyer out front i remember seeing that yeah and the security guard then all of a sudden came over and was like okay well we'll get you a dressing room we were like thanks i remember one time we were streaming a steel subaru game and you guys were getting dressed not dressed but in the parking lot you guys were just yeah and it was 30 minutes till game time yeah something like that well covid um they were another rink that was really tough to deal with. Like they were, I think they were like 15 minutes before you go on the ice, mm. they were letting you into the building. So literally like we, we were out doing like chalk talk in the, uh, in the parking lot one game or, uh, before a game. And, uh, like there's, you know, there's homeless people roaming around that area quite a bit. Bust up. And this guy was clearly intoxicated and, uh, we're like huddled in a circle doing chalk talk on a board and this guy comes over and he's like three sheets to the wind and just <laughs> pokes his head into our pregame chat and starts like just rambling nonsense tony had to grab him he's like please leave yeah, that's just... that's where we need the camera no oh, man yeah, it was I had a good laugh at it. It was pretty funny. I know, playing major midget back in the day, like I, I needed you need that time to get in the headspace. Those are, you know, those are big games. You just need yeah. that. I couldn't imagine getting ready in a parking lot having a homeless guy yell at me. Just couldn't imagine. No, no. but you know what? It is what it is, and everybody dealt with it, and hopefully that's behind us. So, how's uh, how's the season going so far this year? It's good, man. Yeah, yeah. I like I like where we're at. Uh, Different team, obviously. We've only got three guys back from last year. Um, but seen a lot of improvement in the last month. Um, yeah, I like where we're at. You know, I think we're heading in the right direction. We can uh, we can compete with every team in the league, I think, when we play the right way. There's some certain things that we have to do, and we're starting to get there and starting to get it. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the team we had when we went to Thunder Bay. Oh yeah, years ago, yeah. Like we didn't have any superstars. We had very good goaltending with uh, Jake Gooby and Liam Oxner, uh, and we had a group that would just bought in, committed to playing a certain way to have success, and uh, got hot at the right time. So that's kind of you know that's kind of what we're striving for. We keep telling the guys like we don't want to be the best team in October. We want to be the best team in February and March. And like I said, we're we're headed in the right direction. I think so. It's good. Pressure is a funny thing. Pressure is a funny thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know what? It's nice. Like this year, I don't think anybody's looking at us saying Halifax is the dominant team this year. You know, we've had that. We had that run for about five years, probably where where we were, and we'll let somebody else wear that hat and see how they deal with it. I know. Uh, you know, you came up a little short last year at the Telus Cup in, in Newfoundland. But I wanted to know, was that your first time in Newfoundland? I, I think we had this conversation. That, is, that was literally my first time stepping on soil in Newfoundland in coaching in over 20 years of coaching. Yeah. So I want to know about that experience. It was awesome, man. Just great people. Uh, great city. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, a, it was an awesome experience. Um, and then I was literally back there a month and a half later for Tony's uh, stag party. So. Oh, were you? 20 20 something years of coaching can't get over there and then i'm over there literally twice in the span of a month and a half two months so but it was good yeah it was a good uh it's good tournament good experience uh you know obviously at the time losing to moncton really stung and you know the kids were really upset and tried to tell them at the end of the game like you probably won't realize it right now but 
you know, when you look back on it, you're going to understand that you had a really, really successful year. And when you reflect, and when I said that, I didn't, not for the life of me, thought Moncton was going to go to the Telus Cup and run the table, win every game and be a national champion. I knew they had a good team. I actually said to, I said to John in, in the handshakes that, you know, I thought they had a team that could make some noise up there because they were deep, strong, well-coached, good goaltending, um, but not in a million years. And I don't think if you ask them, they probably would have told you the same thing that they were, they wouldn't think they were going to go up there and run the table, but good for them. It's awesome to see. Mm. Yeah. It's good that you say that. Like you're not just sour about it. You're like, yeah, well, they no, man, that's good for Atlanta Canada hockey. Like uh, I think the more, the more we can win around here and the more success we can have on the national stage, I think the more it's just going to open the more doors for players around here and, you know, you see the national teams and U17 teams and things like that. Like, they're dominated by Quebec, Ontario, Alberta. You know, we get a, you know, we get a couple kids every year. But, you know, I think hockey is improving here. And I think the more success we can have on the national stage, it hopefully will, will help some of our players down here. Um, since coaching the Max starting in 2013 all the way to now, what are some timbits that you've taken from the game that have uh, maybe changed a bit about the game from, from then till now that, that you like to keep close to you? Patience. Players are different. Um, they got a lot more going on in their lives. It's not all about hockey. Um, yeah, you know, I just I think – the game has obviously changed. I think uh, every year, you know, you learn something about the game. You know, if you're watching, studying games at the higher levels. Um, yeah, just uh, con- you know, it's like anything. You gotta you gotta change and you gotta uh, go with the flow, or you'd be left behind. So yeah, yeah. When you got the call to go and coach the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League team, Nova Scotia, what was your reaction like? So I knew I was going to be part of that a while back because it's uh, part of the Canada Games process. So yeah, when I was named to the Canada Games team, obviously I was really excited. Um, you know, I'd applied a couple times in the past. You know, I'm not a I'm not a guy that's coaching at the major junior level, so I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, I'm not going to say it is, but you never know. Uh, could be the highest point in my coaching career for coaching Canada games. So, you know, I'm excited for it. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. I'm looking forward to the challenge. Uh, we got a great group with, uh, with Nick and Zach and uh, the kids all seem to be good kids as well. So it'll be a great experience. When you're going, like we had trouble, well, this guy had trouble like announcing, there was no name bars and no, it, it was tough just to know everyone who was out there yeah. as a coach. Was that ever tough going? Oh, who's in the eighteen again? Turn your okay. You go on the power play. Just knowing your guys because you're not with all these guys year round. Was that ever difficult, or you know your roster pretty well? Know the roster pretty well. Yeah, and uh, you know I see these guys a lot during the league play too. Okay. Right, I'm maybe Nick and Zach have a different thought thought on it, but no, uh, it was it was pretty easy. Yeah, and yeah. is it, is it the tryout phase or that that is the set team? No, like, there still can be changes. There still can be changes. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what the date is and. Nick and Darren will sort that stuff out. I think it might be Christmas, but yeah, yeah. The majority, I think, the majority of those guys will be going to PEI for Canada Games. You're around the game a lot more than I am, but when I walked in there, we were doing the, we were over in the four pad doing the Atlantic Challenge Cup, and these guys were streaming over in Dieppe, and I poked my head in. The first game I saw was the Nova Scotia New Brunswick game, not the championship game, but the the first game. Man, I was impressed. And I don't know if it was really good hockey because the scouts were there and the guys were, you know, playing a little bit more physical, whatever it was. But I was really impressed with some of these kids and how they, maybe just how they don't make mistakes as much as we used to. There's no blind pass through the middle hoping someone guy gets it. It's a, okay, if no one's there, I'm going to turn back, move it to the point. I was really impressed with it. Over the past couple of years, a couple since 2013, but what's one aspect that you think has changed? I know I already asked the question and you said, you know, guys are busier, players have changed, but in, in, in technical points of the actual physical game of hockey, what's one element that you think has changed from then till now? Because I was watching them and I didn't play like that. I didn't see guys. It, it was impressive. I think it's just, yeah, the the focus on speed and skill and creativity. And, you know, I think that 
there's just more and more of an emphasis on that now. You don't see, you don't see as much contact in hockey. Um, you know, they're obviously trying to make it a safer sport uh, in that regard. And, you know, I think uh, just the skill development is crazy. It's off the charts now. You know, I we didn't have any of that growing up. No. None, right? Well, so. it looks like it's a package for them. Like, there's no guy who's just dumping it, laying a hit, then changing. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't like that. Well, you look at all the analytics out there now, clean exits and clean entries and versus uncontrolled or controlled. It's just the game is, it's crazy. It's just analyzed to death now. And an emphasis, I think, is just, there's more of an emphasis on skill and puck possession, right? It's not as much about the, the dump and chase game as it, as it used to be. Did you see what Wayne Gretzky said on TNT the other day? Analytics are for losers. Did you see that? I didn't. No. Like Biz was talking about something like, oh, analytics this, analytics that. And right. Gretzky just goes, boy, stats are for losers. You know, yeah. if you can win championships, you're all right in my books. And I looked at that and I, I, I you know, I, I think he's right a little bit. You, you have to play the game and not worry so much about the numbers. 100%. Yeah, I agree. But I think there are certain things you can take out of analytics uh, and certainly uh, use as a coach. No question. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was looking uh, – I had a couple of my games analyzed by a friend uh, two days ago that uh, works in analytics, and he sent me sent me this like it was literally like a ten page stats package. It was wild, um, but you know they don't they don't lie. Like you know it's, it's interesting. Like you look at again, like you're going in talking about uh, controlled entries or controlled exits out of zones, and you start looking down the list. Your top players are your top players. Those are the guys that are getting it done and the guys that need some work on puck handling and hockey sense and things like that. Those are the guys that are struggling a little bit in those areas. So there, there is some truth to it for sure. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm certainly not one of them. I probably lean towards Gretzky a little bit on when it comes to analytics. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't a thing in my day. So I don't, not my day. It's only yeah. 10 years ago. It's just, yeah, yeah. Definitely a point. Not that. Uh, let me ask you this: When you played, do you think you played in the right era? Or no, it, no, no, no. Oh man, no, no. I was. I played defense, and for me, defense was a starting point of when the puck was dropped. That's basically where I lined up, <laughs> and where I ended up when the whistle went. Who knows? Most of the time, it was in front of the other other team's net. Like I, I wanted <laughs> other teams. Net. Like I wanted to play the game offensively always join the rush and you know coaches were screaming and yelling at me you got to stay back you got to stay back like oh timmy boys can't play defense and you know they're partly right i probably couldn't play defense and i just wasn't strong enough to defend at times but you know i think i would have had a lot more success playing in this era because the game is a lot more free and players are encouraged uh, defensemen are encouraged to join the play and leave the blue line and attack down low and just all things that when I played, you were looked at like you didn't know what you were doing or you were a liability on the ice. Yeah. yeah. That's why Baron plays why he plays. Hey, you just said when, when he was with the Max, just go. The automatic, just go. The automatic breakout, I called him. What? So what, he just took the puck and took it? Whenever the puck was dumped in his corner, like you could probably go grab a coffee because you, know, <laughs> you didn't even have to say anything. You just knew the puck was coming out of your end and it was coming out clean. So That good, eh? So he was uh, – how old was he? He was just first year, so that's 14, 15? 15, yeah. 15, he's doing that. Yeah, he was just – you know what his offense – the offensive side of his game wasn't developed at that point in time. Like I think he might have had 10, 15 points in his year there. With it. Like it wasn't astronomical numbers, but he was just so smart breaking the puck out and in transition, seeing the ice, beating guys with his legs. Like, he was just, yeah, he was next level when it came to that stuff. When he started to create a buzz about his name, do you remember coaches calling you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had, uh, I had a lot of, like, schools in the U.S. that were inquiring, asking me about him, things like that. And, yeah, I mean, any player like that, you're going to get a lot of calls on. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting to have a gut. I mean, you've you've had you know you've had some guys in your organization that have gone on to done some great things in hockey. It must feel good. Yeah, man, it's awesome. I got a, I mean, I got a really nice text message uh, last week from Tyler Heinem, who's a kid that uh, was basically cut in Cole Harbor, and everybody said he had a bad attitude, which I never seen in two years. I had him. Uh, it was awesome for us. 
you know, he went on to play in Rouen, won a President's Cup, Memorial Cup, and literally just uh, just played his first AHL game um, last week or the week, a couple weeks ago, and he sent me a really nice text message, you know, just basically saying, you know, if I hadn't given him a chance, he probably wouldn't have been there, and, you know, makes it all worth it, right? Those are the little things. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know what? I took a screenshot of it. I saved it. I'll, I'll keep that one with me for sure. He was one of the first uh, Q guys to ever come on the podcast. Oh, yeah? Him. Yeah. Uh, Matty Welsh was one of the early ones as well. Yeah, yeah. Just all, you know, great Max guys. And just, it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a, it is a family, but having that Max logo on you, it's definitely helped the company for sure in lots of ways. I remember the first time we came to, thunder bay or not first time the only time yeah you know i might have had five dollars in my bank account dude's probably four right and we were sitting there doing a dance competition for dudes girlfriend's mom just to try to scrounge up some change and i think i don't know whose mom camo's mom was like are you guys coming oh, yes. to thunder bay and we're like no i got five bucks on me and like right. thunder bay and then she goes okay i'll see what i can do and then that, in my head, triggered, okay, let's start a GoFundMe. Try to get something to get going. And then Kamo's mom reaches out to Baron. Baron donates a jersey, signs it, auctions it off. And yeah. it just like one thing after another, the, the Halifax Max have always helped this this or this company. So it's great to, to come from a place that uh, that gives back. It's wicked. Yeah, we've had, you know what, we've been lucky. We've had some really good families over yeah. the years. And I think that's one of the things we try and focus on is just making sure that we have good people in the dressing room and, the Camos were awesome, you know. We and you know another family just had had them for a year, but great people. Uh, I was actually talking to Mitch two weeks ago. I think he was he was going to try and play U twenty three in the Hawks. So we do we have like a U twenty three program. Oh yeah, with the Hawks. Yeah, they just they play a game every like Sunday night, no practices or anything like that. But uh, I think he wasn't allowed to play because he's played junior B or something like that. He's so, too good. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, they're awesome people too. Yeah. Um, going back to the, did, did you play in the right era thing? When was the first time you saw yourself play on camera? Oof. Probably the old Dalhousie Bantam tournament. If you ever remember that, they used to do a massive, um, Atlantic Canada tournament. All the teams came to Dal and played. What year would that have been? Oof. 90... 93, 92, 93, East so, Link would have, uh, I don't know if it was East Link back then, but they cable, t- cable 10 TV would have did the championship game on, on TV. So you just record it VHS? Yeah. Type thing? Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I remember that it was on TV is because I remember seeing the clips, uh, Desi Munden danced me at, uh, center ice for the game winning goal. I turned it over at center ice actually. And, uh, he danced me and went in for the game winning goal. So, so the first time you ever saw yourself on TV, yeah, was getting yeah, championship game. Yeah. 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 Sorry about that. Desi and I still have laugh, a good laugh about that every once in a while. I see him at the rink on Friday when I was playing in that Friday night league. So I'll talk <laughs> about it. So I'm sorry to bring it up, but I got to ask another question. Well, well, when you did, I'm sure you saw yourself other than getting danced at the, at the red line there. But other than that, was there a moment of, wow, that's what I look like skating? And when you saw yourself, was there, oh, I got to make those changes. Maybe my shoulders are too high when I'm skating. Was there anything that you... There was none of that. There was none of that? You're just like, oh, that's me. That's me. I'm, you know, and again, just going back to then versus now, like there was nobody that would come up to me and be like, hey, man, like you should work with a skating coach. Like that just didn't exist. Like... No? No, no, there was no skating coaches skill coaches or anything like that back in the early 90s um you know you might go to ali mcdonald's super skills camp in antigonish or something in the summertime and that would like be the mooseheads ali mcdonald yeah, yeah he had a skating camp oh yeah oh man he ran a yeah he had a hockey camp in antigonish it was legendary for years yeah i didn't know i thought i didn't know that yeah that's what keeps him in shape still playing <laughs> thursdays is he still playing oh yeah he's the yeah, one who yeah. recruited me for the the moosets okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a good guy. He's funny. That's a funny. Yeah. Um, well, basically, I was trying to create a live streaming commercial. I was gonna, I thought you were going to say, oh, the first time I saw myself, it was incredible. And no. I was going to clip it, but it didn't work out. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. No. No. I had a, I had a lot of holes in my game. <laughs> when did, like, the camps and all that start to come, come about? Like, what year? 
I don't know, man. That's a good question. I think Tom Duffy, that was a camp. I think Alan, Alan Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've been around for a long time. Yeah. I mean, probably two thousands. Yeah. Somewhere's there. Early two thousands. I would say Mm. probably started. You never want to dabble in that. Nah, man, I'm busy enough. You know what? Like I, I say this a lot, like I'll do a little, like we do maybe once a week in the summer with the, some of the max guys. If you're coaching kids hard during the winter, they don't want to see you in the summer. It's fair. Right? Like, you need a break. Kids need a break from you. You need a break from them. If you're in their face 12 months a year, at some point they're going to get burnt out and the message is just going to get lost. So I try to get away from them a little bit in the summertime. What do you like to do for your own sake to not burn yourself out? What what do you do to get away from the game for a minute? I take some time off in the summer. Yeah. Um you know what? Also, like, I think any coach just needs to realize when they're getting to that point where they're stressed. Like, if you're you're stressed and you're getting burnt out and you need a break, like, I got good assistant coaches. I can go to Tony and Craig and say, listen, like, you guys are going to run this practice today. I'm just going to sit in the background. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got to lean on your assistant coaches from time to time. And, you know, I think it's good for the kids, too, you know, just a different voice every once in a while. Yeah, I never thought about it from that perspective. You could definitely burn yourself out and get frustrated. I've definitely had some coaches in the past that don't even coach. They'll just yell at you, and you're like, this isn't accomplishing anything. Right. You can see they're frustrated. Yeah, I mean, when you get to that point, I think you just, maybe it's time to take a step back and let your assistant coaches run a practice or two. Yeah. yeah. Is there ever a point when you're coaching where you wish you could watch a game from the stands? Like, oh, I man. Know, you know? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Uh, it's funny. Like, I, I, I was late. Uh, get into a game up in Picto for the showcase uh, because I was running our U7 program. And uh, I walked in, and I think we were up. We were either up or down a goal, and I was like, man, I'd love to just go up in the stands and, and, and watch and take some notes with with nobody knowing that I'm there um, or just take you know take some video. Anyway, I went on the bench, but <laughs> hard, to, hard to hide in the rink these days, so. But yeah, man, it, you know, I think uh, yeah, if you can sit up in the stands and watch uh, watch a game or two, it's certainly a different perspective. But that's why there's video now, right? Everybody's yeah. watching video post game. But uh, I think you know, watching video, it, it's different. Watching video and watching a game live, it, it, you definitely get a different feel watching a game live. Yeah. Yeah. You're just getting thrown out of games on purpose now. Just all right, boys. I got to go up in the room. I got to go up, sit down. No, <laughs> see, no what, see what's going on. I I, my younger years, yes. Uh, <laughs> I gotta watch myself now. I'm a I'm a role model for not just the the Max, but oh yeah, a lot of, a lot of different kids. That's so. the thing. You are wearing a lot of different hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of hats. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of. Yeah, I never thought about it from that perspective. You are a role model. Yeah, yeah. You have to put on an example for a lot of people in your community. I see. You know. I can look up in the stands any Saturday now and I'll see kids from the Hawks at the game. So, And if you're wearing that jacket or like a Q jacket, totally. it's like, oh, okay, I got to yep. show a little bit of respect around this individual and hopefully. Totally. When did you learn that lesson or have you just always known it? I think it's a lesson that's just constantly evolving. Okay. Um, you know, nobody's perfect. Everybody's a competitor. Um Sometimes your emotions can get the best of you, but I think, you know, as a head coach, you just, you need to learn. And that, it, honestly, for me, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've had to work on uh, as a coach is just controlling my emotions at times. And I think as you get older, it gets easier because you don't want the heart rate getting up as much as you are when you're in your 20s. So, um, yeah, uh, I think I think it's important. And it's, it's a lesson I learned. Like, uh, you know, if you're loose on the bench and losing your mind and not in the right state of mind, it rubs off on your players. And if you're constantly on the ref, your players are going to look at that as an excuse. Um, so, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just uh, constant growth, man. And, you know, and the officials too. The officials, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely learned they've got a tough job. You know, they're not perfect either. They're trying to uh, – you know they're trying to do the best they can for two teams on the ice, mm. and uh, you know sometimes calls don't go the right way. Um, 
know, I think now rather than in the past, I would argue them. Uh, now, like I'll just, I'll clip a video and I'll send it to our referee in chief, Corey, and just be like, Hey man, here's a, here's a clip of something that happened in our game. Maybe it's a good educational piece for your officials. Feel free to share and then leave it at that. So cool. Yeah. Well said. People with this company always go like, what's next? What are you doing next? What are you doing next? And my answer is always, I love what I'm doing. I love podcasting. Right. I love live streaming. Don't love it, but I love when they do it. I, I love, uh, you know, I love micing guys up. I love being around the game. I love, yeah. you know, I just love what I'm doing. And my question is for you the same. What, what, what is there something next or do, are you just happy in the pocket you're in? I'm happy where I'm at right now. I don't know what's next. I mean, take it day by day really mm. i guess it just uh depends you never you know you never know what opportunities are going to be thrown in front of you um you know and if there is an opportunity thrown in front of you then you look at it and you decide if it's right for you or if it's not um yeah but uh as of right now love what i'm doing love the max love the hawks enjoy uh enjoy working with gatno great group of people there so yeah we'll see what happens you never know it's a great, it's never a great answer. Never. never say never. Well, right. just keep an open mindset. Whatever comes your way, comes your way. All you got to do is just yeah, keep working I'm not, hard. Uh, yeah, I'm not one of these guys that like chases down jobs and applies for every job under the sun. That's just, that's not my style. I mean, I think I try and focus on doing a good job of what I'm doing. And if somebody notices it and thinks, you know what, he's doing a really good job. Maybe he would be a good fit here. And yeah. I get a phone call. Great. You know, or if, you know, I see a job that I think it's a reputable organization. Yeah. I'll put a, put a resume in, but I'm not just going to apply for the sake of applying. I think, uh, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. That's how we feel about sales in this company. Like there was days where I just go, I need money, need money, need sales, need advertising. Yeah. And then I just realized, okay, well, if you just work hard, they'll call you and you put on a good product, they'll call you. Totally. And that's, that's the mentality we've had here for the past like three, yeah. four years. It's. I'm not going to sit here all day and call every company and go, do you want to send some yep. money this way? It's like, no, just put on a good product and it'll come. You work hard to build a good reputation. You don't want to ruin that by making a wrong decision. Mm. Right. Very well said. I like that. Yeah. Um, from now until I, every time I ask you this question, I love your answer. I got to get it from you again, but you're never, you're never worried about your team in October, November. You're always a past Christmas type of guy. Yeah. Going into, you know, post-Christmas, and you said that your team is very similar to the year that you guys went to Thunder Bay, which in my opinion was one of the fav most favorite teams to be around. Just a great group of guys, really open, really welcoming and hardworking and didn't really have any pressure on them. Are you trying to repeat that this year with, with, with the same group? I wouldn't say repeat it because yeah. um, you're never going to duplicate a team. Um certainly some qualities and traits from that team that year that we'd like to instill in this group. Um, but these, these guys are their own, their own group. They've got to kind of form their own identity, which I think they're working towards right now. Um, but I will say, yeah, a um, lot of similarities in the fact that they just all get along and support one another. Great group of kids work hard, pay the price. We'll go through the wall. Um, so, you know, when you have a group like that, you get a good starting point. Yeah. Good eggs in the room too. Just awesome. a bunch of good kids. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know, you ask, check in with the rookies every once in a while to make sure the older guys and the veterans are pulling their weight and doing the right things and saying the right things. And the answers have been good so far. So like it. Yeah. Um, do you guys lose power at the Civic during Fiona? Have you guys, I know other teams have had to move and groove and not play at home. I think the forum lost power for a day. Not the Civic? Or you mean the whole... The whole thing. The whole thing? Yeah. But you, all your home games were played at home. You didn't have to miss out and play at uh, like Centennial for a game, which yeah. would be unreal if that was a thing. That would be, yeah. No, we uh, we actually hosted Picto at the forum for a home game because they didn't have power. Someone told me this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, At the, the Steel Subaru game when you were at the RBC, someone said that you guys, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they played a home game at the Forum. They ended up beating us, and I forget, they put a tweet out. It was something like their first their first road win in Halifax since 2010 or something. It was a crazy, like, it was a crazy number. I forget what how many years it's been since they've won in, in the Forum. And uh, 
Anyway, Cliff, our social media guy, sent out a tweet and said it didn't count because it was technically a home game. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was That's pretty true. Funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But oh, fuck. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, rest of the day, what are you doing? What time? How much time are we at? What what's the what's on the agenda for the rest of the day? Yeah, I'm probably gonna go play hockey at noon because I don't get enough of that. Yeah, you're out there. I guess I'm not out enough, but every time I'm out, you're there. Yeah, I try to get out as much as I can. Yeah, two three times a week. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll probably do that. I got some bumpers that I got to move from this from Centennial to the Civic. Those Tim Hortons bumpers, those long dividers. What do you mean? Move? Oh, like they're in? You yeah, they're in Centennial, and I got to get some of them up to the Civic for our U7 program. So I'll probably try and do that at some point this afternoon. And then uh, tonight we've got uh, we started uh, this is the first year for it, but we've started this kind of shared ice initiative with our U11 programs. So last year they would do each team would do a, an hour and a half practice. So what we what I did this year is I took the two hour and a halves and put them together in a three hour block. So they're back to back. I got you. So team one will practice for an hour. We'll do a, comp- a combined skill session uh, with both teams on the ice at the same time in, in hour two. And then the second team will practice hour three. So I hop on the ice uh, and just kind of coordinate the skill session uh, in the second hour. So I'll be at Centennial for that tonight. And then after that, probably typical Friday night, I'll go home and... Uh, Beth will probably have sushi waiting for us. So it's Friday is sushi night. Friday is sushi night. Yes. You guys get it from the cove here. Or do you you guys, got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Have you, have you? No, oh. it's not every Friday, but it's you know once a month type thing for us. Incredible. Oh yeah. Great food there. Yeah. Whenever you walk into an establishment, do you get them delivered or do you pick it up? Usually pick it up. Whenever you walk into an establishment and you see the family in the restaurant, you know it's good. The they're kids are always, always doing homework. Color in <laughs> yeah. books. And yeah, they're always there. Always there. Yeah. The first time I walked in and I just saw the, the family establishment, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good food. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. So he used to work at, I think the guy that owns it, um, obviously uh, husband and wife, but I think they were down. He was working at Sushi Nami as a chef, I think. Maybe on the waterfront or something. Okay. I'm saying. So, yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. He's got quite a few years' experience, I believe. Have you ever been to Al Halal's Meat Market right next to like Crystal Pizza? I know what you're talking about. Uh, I haven't. My wife has told me about it and said that it's supposed to be pretty phenomenal. Have you? Yeah. And? Phenomenal. Is it? And the prices are phenomenal. Here's the really? thing, though. Sometimes you go in, I'll get a beef shawarma, yeah. a burger, and a Coke. They'll charge me 12 bucks. But then I'll go three days later, get the same thing. They charge me 14 bucks. So it's it's one of those places. It's I actually kind of like that. It, it, me too. Yeah. You go in there. Like old school. And there's been times where they handed me the food and said, thank you. And I'm like, I haven't paid yet. Right. It's just, it's chaos. And it's just, you, you feel like you're in the middle of uh, a Middle Eastern com- country. Yeah. People arguing over the price of meat. You know, they're putting it on the scale. It's like, that's the price. What are we doing? Unreal. <laughs> and you're just, I, I don't that. know. It's, it's it's just, it's an experience yeah, for yeah. sure. I love that. It's cool. We got to get in there. I should go in. Yeah. I'm definitely going to go now. Yeah. Good prices too. It's the best. Sometimes. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> and, and their hours are set. Look, I got to. I'm giving them promotion, kind of. Their hours say whatever. They they open at, you know, 8, and they close at 8. Yeah. I'll be on the way home from golf. It's like 7.30. I'll call in an order, and I'll be like, hey, can I make this order? And they're like, uh, actually, we're closed because they're just too lazy because they don't want to make the food. <laughs> so you're just like it says you're open. To wow. They pick up the phone. Like, obviously, you're open. You just pick the phone right, up. Right. Uh, they just don't want to make it. Now we're closed. That's so it's hilarious. just like one of those places. Unbelievable. <laughs> awesome. Um, are they going to open the canteen in Centennial? I know that's a kind of a controversial question, but you know what? The last time I talked to Stuart, um, he said that they were going to, um, okay. I haven't heard anything. We got all kinds of Hawk stuff stored in the front area of that canteen that's got to get out of there. So, oh, like memorabilia? No, like jerseys and on ice training aids and all kinds of different stuff. So. We'd have to clean that up, but Stuart said that they're going to open it. Um, I don't know when or. I'd knows. love to get the ball rolling on that. If you guys need help, I'm dead serious. I'd love to be able to roll in there one day and grab an onion ring. Oh man, I remember when I was a kid going into there. It was awesome, like the penny candy and yeah, oh yeah, the the gum machine behind the net. Yes. Yep. <laughs> 
You'd go in there, you'd have 50 cents in your pocket, you'd just get a big old wad of gum, you'd go in the room, just start chewing away. Your jaw would be hurting by warm-up. Yeah, basically chew it into dust. Basically. Yeah. yeah. It's been there forever. Yeah. No, I hope uh, I hope that canteen opens up, but uh, I got to thank you for coming on, Tim. No, man. My pleasure. It's been fun. Do you want to promote anything? you want to say anything? you want to give some advice? Do you want to say hi to anyone? Do you want to do anything? No, I think I'm good. You're good? I'm good, yeah. No. We got, a, we got a home game Sunday. So Who are you playing you against? Picto. It's going to be a tough weekend. We got, we're got we in Picto Saturday night, and then we got Picto on Sunday at the former Civic. Okay, nice. They get a good team. Sam Pizza's on the way home? Probably, yeah. yeah. It'll be, there'll be a couple pies in our car for the coaches, for sure. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, man, thank you for coming on, Tim. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, everyone listening, thank you very much uh, for tuning in once again. Friday, enjoy your weekend. That's all I got. Have fun. We're out. Peace. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm going head out west where real women come equipped with scripts and fake press. Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint, buy an old drop top, find a spot to pimp, then I'm a kid rock it up and down your block Go with a bottle of scotch and watch lots of crotch Buy a yacht with a flag saying chill in the most Then rock that bitch up and down the coast Give a toast to the sun, drink with the stars Get thrown in the mix and tossed out of bars Sip the Tijuana, I wanna roam Find Motown, tell them who's to come back home Start an escort service for all the right reasons And set up shop at the top of four seasons